Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for checking out the episode in the series. Uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Put out three brand new interviews every single week. New one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. Discover some new ones. Know what's happening in the music world. You can find us at the iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, or YouTube for the video versions. Just subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm talking with Ann Wilson. You know her as the lead singer of Heart one half of the sister duo. We're going to be talking about a string of singles that she's released lately, uh, covering Steve Earle and Allison Chains. In fact, she's going to look back at her friendships with the late Lane Staley and Chris Cornell. And, and with that in mind, we'll also talk about, you know, she's a big champion of the 90s Seattle scene. I want to hear about what drew her to that and, and what still speaks to her from that to era. And uh, speaking of eras, Heart, uh, one of her new songs called Blackwing um, has... A bit of a Zeppelin feel, which Hart was always known for. I want to hear about where that influence really came from, specifically. So we'll hear about that, and then all of the music that she has coming up. Uh, upcoming releases that involve sessions in Muscle Shoals, a duet with Vince Gill, a Jeff Buckley cover, writing with Warren Haynes of Government Mule, and of course, the future of Hart. So let's do this. It's Kyle Meredith with Ann Wilson. Hi, Kyle. It's Ann. So first off, uh, it, it is such an honor and a pleasure to meet you. And this new music, these these new songs that you put out into the world have been so much fun to listen to. Um, I know the circumstances that you did them probably weren't expected, but, but you know, what powerful music that you are still doing to these days. I, I, I got to ask, a lot of artists have had trouble finding inspiration during all of this. And, and I don't seem, that doesn't seem to be the case for you. Have, have you found that to be an issue? Well, yeah, you know, finding inspiration is always an issue. Um, 
but it was the quarantine time was pretty good for me because uh, it made it forced me to slow down and just listen to listen to myself. And then there came the inspiration. That inspiration you're saying is all around and everything. And I guess we do get that. You know, you covered really was probably one of my favorite songs the last 20 years. And I'm talking about the uh, Steve Earle's The Revolution Starts Now. I mean, oh, yeah. Powerful, yeah, powerful song that is right there. Was there a specific moment that made you go after that one? I mean, it seems like a very obvious question considering everything that was going on. But was there one thing that kind of ticked you in that direction? Yeah, I thought that that um, the run up to the 2020 election, the about the six or eight months before, were just insane in how polarized the country became. And um, we just went down to the very basest level. It was like being in America. It was like standing in the junior high school play yard just with all the cliques and people hating each other and throwing things at each other and just um, lining up on different sides. And uh, it, it was just awful. The stress was so high. And I just thought, God, you know, if only there was a way we could start thinking a little higher and just rise above this and remember ourselves, you know, remember that really the, the most power we ever have is when we're unified. It's like, you know, Abe Lincoln said. And um, so, you know, I thought, what uh, is an existing song that really says that? And it was The Revolution Starts Now. The revolution being uh, the revolutionary act of not taking sides, of being together, you know. I don't know if I would exactly call that a protest anthem because it's it's so much more than that. I mean, it's a rallying cry. Uh, in a lot of ways, at least the way I've always heard it. And and you've, I mean, you've been in the rock and roll game for a long time. You know, when you're searching for a song like this, did it seem different this time than maybe it would have, you know, in previous years? Well, it it never really, yes, it did to answer your question. And also it never really ever stayed the same. Rock and roll stands on a different stage every time the political situation in the country shifts or, um, things happen like mass shootings or someone dies, like someone famous and beloved dies. It's always changing. There are just a million things that influence the, the emotions of rock. It, further on, Blackwing, I latched onto that one so hard. I, I'm sure it's, you know, I know this band has been brought up a lot through your career and everything, but I heard a little bit of that that Zeppelin influence in there, and I, I wondered if that was conscious of you or if that's just part of your DNA. I think at this point it's part of my singing DNA. I mean, Plant was really my one of my original mentors. You know, he didn't know he was, but he was. <laughs> and uh, uh, way back when, when I was just in a bar band up in Canada, and... and uh, we were just playing what was being played on the radio and they were playing a lot of Led Zeppelin then and and the band wanted to do Led Zeppelin but none of the guys could sing that high. So it fell to me and that's how I learned that I could sing rock. I guess at this point it's just part of my my um, architecture. But, it, but it, obviously that song fits in with what you were talking about too. I mean, Revolution Starts Now is the cover and this is your own kind of statement for the moment. Uh, did I read, I think it was in another interview, you talked about this song about carrying messages of the world's insanity from a very pure place. Where, where does this one come from? 
Yeah, Black Wing is, is the ultimate uh, quarantine song. Somebody who is, uh, for whatever reason, is stuck in a place and they see the freedom of a bird flying over free to fly back to civilization and see what's going on there, you know? It, it, it's just, and to witness the insanity of what's going on everywhere and then fly on. Uh, where I live, I live by a river, and there are a lot of big seabirds, and they're inspiring to me, and that's that's what I was thinking as I was watching them just so freely fly overhead, and I was stuck down on the ground worried about the virus. Even just musically, the the way it it comes from, the way it comes from, uh, just I think really you guys could have gone on for ten minutes, and I wouldn't have had enough of that song. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, there's. Yeah, there's a there's a long version and then there's the version that's out. Oh. That's that's going to come out. That's maybe a minute or two shorter. It does carry on in this really cool jam thing that I thought that's worth keeping cuz it just kind of sails on. I think if you were listening by yourself and you weren't pressed for time, that would be a really cool thing to experience. Yeah. Is that one of the songs that kind of came out of a jam? No, the jam happened later. The song was recorded, and uh, we were going for a groove, trying to get a vibe going, and the guys really hit it. And so when the song part was over, I just said, keep going, you know, with your jam. And uh, they really took it somewhere. And, and then another one. I'm not going to take every song off of here, but it was hard not to because you also um, have done a studio version of you covering Alice in Chains' Rooster. That was a you know, a song that had been, uh, you'd done live, I think in the past, what was your, did you have a relationship with, with Lane? Cause I, I know you do with, with uh, the rest of the guys now, but did you have a relationship with Lane back then? Yeah, I knew Lane. I knew him from, uh, for about five years before he passed. And, um, he was an amazing guy. I mean, just really as with a lot of the singers, uh, front people in bands he was highly uh sensitive and intelligent and complicated and probably a little bit too much so to be in the world and um of course like so many people when things got too much he turned to drugs you know to try and deaden some of the pain and the anxiety and and they eventually overwhelmed him but uh yeah, he was an amazing guy, and he was a diver. He he had that kind of swimmer's really life spare body, but strong. And um, I remember one night he, he was over at my house, and we were swimming in the pool and and watching like shooting stars and stuff because it was summer. And uh, he he did some spectacular dives out there. And I never knew that about him, but he was this beautiful sort of almost like a ballet dancer in a way. Of course, never knew that about him him either. It, it, yeah. 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 It, it made me think about, you know, a lot of the interviews I've done, especially over the past few years, mental health has become such a bigger part of the conversation than it had ever been. You know, and, and, yeah. and the industry does seem to finally be changing. And, and, and I don't want to, you know... Uh, I don't want to um, um, slight addiction because that is its own monster, uh, of course. But 
But, you know, from someone uh, as yourself, you know, coming up in the industry in the 70s and, and the 80s and what it is now, like, do you see a big difference? And do you think it would have changed, you know, w- w- I mean, I think it's obvious, but do you think it would have helped a lot of, you know, your peers um, back in the day? Yeah, it would have, except that the zeitgeist of the time in the 70s was was not about self-help. It was about how cool it was to be a fabulous disaster. Uh, Nobody wanted to be healthy and clean and wholesome and straight-laced and pure. Everybody wanted to be as buzzed as they could get, and that's what was cool. So it was not – the culture was not ready for that yet. But, yeah, sure, it would have kept a few people alive. And in, uh, you know, addiction treatment centers – that's the basic thing that everybody knows is that you can't force someone to get straight. You can't talk them into it or, or make them or fool them into it. They have to come to it on their own and it takes time. That's what happened to the rock culture too. When it came to self-destructive things, I mean, it's still there, not nearly to the point it was. Well, I mean, it happened to, of course, so many, especially in that same scene. I mean, Seattle, you know, I think you call it your, your spiritual home and everything, and you've been such a vocal yeah. champion of that, especially the 90s Seattle scene. Like, what makes that special for you? What, what makes you revisit when you're, you know, when you're covering songs? I think that um, that time in the Seattle music scene was special because it, it was the city reflecting on itself. Um, it's not just the city, it's the region. And and um, that dark, moldy, dreary, rainy, cold, wet place. And uh, just the whole punk nature of that area. The whole time I lived in Seattle from, you know, 19... When I was 10 years old until four years ago, I got to know a lot of, especially Seattle musicians, that are extremely complicated leaning on depression, but fiery and talented and total punks and and divas. So you mix all that stuff together and that's the nature of the whole city. I mean, Seattle sees itself as being the center of the universe in a lot of ways. (laughs) Well, at least musically it was for such a long time. It was such an important part of my life as well. So, you know, seeing those... Folks like you who still, you know, wave that flag and, and carry the torch. And of course, I've I've come to know so many of those is up there as well. I I got to know Chris a little bit through towards the end of his life, and you know, just hearing you sing his songs. I mean, that's actually meant a lot to me. I should say that, you know. So thank you for those moments. Oh, good. Thank you. I I love Chris, and and um, I like whenever I listen to him sing. Now it's it, it it's so moving. I mean, it was then, but it really is now. Because there were a lot of things that he was saying back then when he was alive that that, that a lot of us missed. He he was so unto himself that, uh, you know, nobody really saw where it was headed. And it should have been obvious. It probably should have been obvious. I mean, that's hindsight's, of course, everything. But, you know, right. We are. Yeah. So you've got these really great singles coming through and everything that you've been releasing do you, is this one of those things where you just kind of throw, do, they, do these eventually make up an album, do you see, or are these always going to live as singles? You know, I really don't know. I I just recorded four more down in Muscle Shoals, and um, those are coming next, and I've got a few more 
coming to in the next month or so. And um, when I get this body of work, I'm going to decide whether to put them all together on a record or not. I tend to think that it's it's more interesting to me to release them one by one and let people dive into serving up a whole big Thanksgiving dinner of all these things on a heaping plate, you know, in the form of an album. And it, expecting people to go through and be able to listen to each one, you know. Well, Muscle Shoals sounds interesting. I mean, people usually go there for that specific sound. Is that something we should expect from you? Well, I didn't do any, like, vintage soul there. It's just a really good rock room. I mean, it's it, it, it's got a warm, um, magical sort of vibe about it. And I think the biggest part of the magic is that the people who go in there think it's magic. So it is. And, uh, yeah, we had a great time there. And it's a cool place. They have, it's so casual. It's history is so casual. They have, oh, a picture of Aretha up on the wall and a picture of, you know, all these incredibly famous people that have worked there. Aerosmith and just like millions of different people. And it's all very casual. Nobody brags about it. It's just, oh, yeah, this happened here. <laughs> I've seen that documentary, and you're right. It was exactly like that all through the Muscle Shows documentary. It's just like, how how does your head not explode every day knowing, knowing what you've done for yeah, music? Right. You know? it's, right. I mean, to change the actual fabric of music, they, they've absolutely done that. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 So song-wise... Like, what should we expect song-wise from then down there? I mean, are are you kind of leaning into what you're singing about with stuff like on Black Wing, like uh, covering on The Revolution Starts Now? Is it is it more of that? No, actually, the songs that I did in Muscle Shoals are more personal. They're they're more uh, thing things I've been going through in my life and my relationships, just my introspections. But they're actually cool songs. I mean, oh, and I did a duet with Vince Gill that was. Really, really amazing because he's he's always been a idol of mine as a singer. I can't wait to hear that. The introspection's kind of interesting in that I know that you've also been talking about you know doing um the the movie uh, the the movie about hearts uh, about your all's career right like like I guess I'm not surprised if you're saying introspection because it would seem to me those sort of go hand in hand if you're having to to look back anyways. Is that is it? I mean, is that where you're looking back to? Is that are you looking back to your personal life, or is that, is it more recent stuff? I don't. Oh, recent stuff, just just like uh, it's pretty current, you know. I don't spend a lot of time reflecting on the long past in songs. I think that's that was done back then. <laughs> so yeah, it's just there's there's one about. Um, there's a Jeff Buckley song called Forget Her. Oh, yeah. Great There's song. a, yeah. Uh, and then there are two songs I wrote that are about my life now in relationship and, and just my sort of unforgiving look at my own, <laughs> my own thoughts and emotions and feelings. Great players. Just the best musicians came and played on it with me. Gordon Mode on keyboards and Tony Lucido on bass, Tom Bukovic on guitar, and uh, this guy that I really like from Seattle, Sean Lane on drums and percussion. So it was a killer band. I cannot wait to hear those. I mean, you've you've really, I'm tempted now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I will ask an obvious question here, though, because, you know, your, your sister Nancy is putting out a record, too, at this point. 
And um, mm-hmm. I thought, well, there's the obvious question. You're doing music. She's doing music, but you're you're not doing the music together. Like there's like there's no. You're not planning the heart record right now, I guess. Uh, nope not at not at present. Um, we haven't written together in a while. I mean, she lives in the San Francisco area, and I live in Florida. And um, the times when we see each other are the times when heart tours. And of course, for the last year, Hart hasn't been able to tour, so I haven't seen her for a while. Um, you know, the thing that's happening is she's she's living her life, and I'm living mine. And uh, she's collaborating with some really cool people, and so am I. So you know, when the time is right, I imagine we'll write together, or we'll take some of these songs that she's writing and I'm writing, and do them with Hart. So yeah, there's. There'll be collaboration in the future of some kind. And don't get me wrong, as a fan, I mean, it's like having divorced parents right now because we get two Christmases. We're getting albums from both of you also. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. It, it is interesting, though. As you said, you know, obviously we haven't had live music for a year now. It's so weird. I was just talking to my wife about they announced the Bonnaroo lineup for later this year, and it's like that's the first thing that we're actually talking about, you know, but... But it's been it's been a year, and I, I was looking back at it's a coincidence. I think that um, well, I know it's a coincidence as far as anniversaries go for for your albums. It's actually two live albums: Rock the House Live, which was released thirty years ago this year, and Alive in Seattle. That was it was twenty years ago this year, and you know, and it's just kind of looking back on that and 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 thinking about what we've had and what we haven't had. And I, I kind of wondered for you, like. Can we go back into this? Are there things to fix that we're able to approach in, you know, with the live music scene, with how we do it, with, you know, whatever that means that you're thinking about? Does this give us a, an opportunity to to correct anything that needs correcting? Or is this just about getting right back on the road and that's all we need? Well, I don't think that getting back on the road means it's going to return to the way it was a year and a half ago. We're starting fresh. I mean, we're starting from scratch. And uh, whatever shows we do are going to be drastically different. I mean, in a way, this this time off has been a blessing in disguise because I think we all needed to get some perspective. I mean, those of us in performing bands who are just doing tour after tour after tour, you know, you can get worn down and you can lose your edge by just writing this roller coaster all the time so when we do go back on tour it's going to be fresh and energized and uh a lot more edgy do you have any shows booked that am i making up do you have some with government mule or warren or something coming up is that on the books yeah uh government mules doing i'm going to go up and do some recording with them or just sit in with them and then um they're doing three shows up in connecticut and i'm going to sit in on the third one they're just friends, and, and I sat in with them at Lockenfest a couple of years ago, and uh, it was really great. Warren and I are writing some songs together. Uh, he's he's incredible. I don't have to paint anything else for him. Everybody knows it, but uh, you know what he does musically is, right. is outstanding. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's something else. Well, it sounds like there's still plenty in the works. I mean, the new music, of course, the movie eventually, and, and what you got going on. It's always so fun to keep up with everything you're doing. And, and I can't compliment you again enough on these songs that are already out there with 
you know, that, that you've already put out lately. I mean, it's so fun to hear these tracks and what you're doing is so powerful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to do oh, this. God. Well, thank you for, for appreciating it. I'm, that, that means a lot, you know, I'm just going to keep going. I don't see any, uh, you know, like some of my, the people that I know, musicians that I know who are my age are going, oh, well, it's time to retire, you know, better gracefully retire to Boot Hill. And I just don't know how to do that. You know, I can't even conceive of what that would be since I've been doing this since I was 14, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm just going to, you know, keep on going as long as I have something worthwhile to say. Well, it's there. I, I've never understood that. We, I mean, we live in the music world. You know, why would anybody retire? You can, you can sing until you can't. You can, you know, enjoy music until you can't. That's so, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. I mean, look at somebody like Bowie. Sure. He he sure. just went all the way up to the very last, and uh, it, it was beautiful work all the way through. Yeah, what a masterpiece Black Star was. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this today. This was so much fun. I appreciate it. It's been an honor. Uh, I hope uh, I hope we get to see you sooner than later. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. My thanks to Ann Wilson. Again, she's got uh, new singles out, lots of new singles. Do check them out. Uh, big thanks to you for checking out this episode and the series. Please do hit the subscribe button before you get out of here. Uh, again, you can get us anywhere you like to get podcasts from, uh, where you're listening from right now, or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, or again, YouTube for the video versions as well. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all three of them at Kyle Meredith, TikTok at Kyle Meredith 81 uh, Please like and follow along the appropriate places. Make sure to say hi when you do. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.